Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of the Ramble Ramble Podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. Follow me on Twitter, at CorbinNBA. This is Sports Ethos Presentation, so check out Sports Ethos on Twitter, at Sports Ethos Online, SportsEthos.com. Today is the 10th of January. This is indeed a Wednesday, and I'm here to get you updated on the latest in the NBA. Going to be a brief one. The games were not a lot last night, just a five-game slate. Going to start with the Lakers and the Raptors. The Lakers prevailed by 1 point, 132 to 131, improved to 19 and 19 on the year over the 15 and 22 Toronto Raptors. Lakers are led by just an amazing performance by Anthony Davis, a season-high 41 points, missing only three shots with 11 rebounds and six assists to boot. You also had 22 points and 12 rebounds by Le- LeBron, or 22 points and 12 assists, rather, by LeBron James, along with 14 points from Christian Wood, 13 points from Cam Reddish, 11 apiece from Austin Reeves and Torian Prince, and 11 for D'Angelo Russell. The Raptors were led by Pascal Siakam with 20, or not sorry, Scotty Barnes with 26 points, 3 rebounds and 6 assists, then Pascal Siakam with 25 points, 4 rebounds and 3 assists. You also had 23 points from R.J. Barrett and 21 from Emmanuel Quigley. But the biggest stat of the night between those teams were not the points scored, were not the amount of threes. Um, both teams shooting pretty well from both the field and from three. It's the free throws. Los Angeles Lakers went 28 of 36 from the free throw line, good for 77%, while the Raptors went 8 of 13 from the free throw line. Not only is that only good for 61%, but you notice that the Lakers made 20 more free throws than the Raptors, but even more so, they nearly tripled the amount of free throws taken versus the Raptors. And that was a big thing. I mean, it wasn't something I noticed as much in real time. But looking back on it, I was like, oh, wow, that is true. And Raptors coach Darko Rajakovic certainly noticed it. Um, he absolutely went off on the refs. And he was talking about how outrageous it was. Um... He said, what happened tonight, this completely BS, this is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in the fourth quarter? Like, how to play the game. I understand respect for all-stars and all that, but we have star players on our team as well. How is it possible that Scotty Barnes, who is an all-star player in this league, all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim of force and trying to get to the rim without flopping and not trying to get foul calls, he gets two free throws for a whole game? How is that possible? How are you going to explain that to me? Um, and he continued, quote, they came to win tonight? If that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. <laughs> just give them a win. But that's not fair tonight. And this is not happening for the first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be an all-star. He's going to be the face of this league, and what's happening over here during the whole season is complete crap. Um, I definitely think that Rajakovic was warranted to share how he felt. Like, go off. Say with your chest. And he most certainly did, right? He spoke it. Um, he believes it. I, I haven't looked at the Raptors all season with the eye of free throw disparity to kind of gauge that properly. But if he believes it and he feels that passionate about it, speak your truth, King. With that being said, you know, he's definitely going to have to expect a hefty fine for that. And I feel bad because the refereeing has not been super great consistently this season, like at all. Um, there's been some bad calls against the Lakers, I've noticed. There's been some bad calls all over the league, like just some egregious calls. There was two nights ago um, a foul call that was taken back and reversed uh, between the Celtics and the Pacers that basically helped the Pacers get a win when it probably should have been free throws for Jalen Brown that like you had the benefit of replay. Like There's been some bad, bad plays all around. 
you know, um, the, 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 the narrative, the hidden narrative, the NBA is rigged. Like the agenda guys are definitely getting their, um, their, their time to shine here because yeah, it was pretty wild. With that being said, I mean, you know, you know, the rules and I'm sure Darko knew exactly what was going to happen when he said it, he felt it was worth it. And let's hope that it is right. Next game. Grizzlies whooped the Mavericks 120 to 103. This was a balanced team effort for the Grizzlies. Seven players scored in double digits, led by Desmond Baines, 32 points, nine rebounds, and four assists. You also had a three-way tie with 14 points apiece by Luke Kennard, Xavier Tillman, and Zaire Williams. And then you also had 11 points from David Roddy. So, yeah, I think I said it. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, five players in double digits. My mistake. No, I said it right. Six points in double digits. Okay, good. I was just making sure, y'all. Um, oh, that's why. Because I forgot the 23 points by Marcus Smart. I'm like, who am I missing? I know I have my numbers right. Um, and that was enough. Balanced team basketball beats inspired individual play more times than not. I'm going to say not all the time because I've seen a few times when it hasn't. But more often than not. And that was the case again last night. Um, the Mavericks only had four players in double digits. Two scored at least 30. You want to guess who they were? It's okay. I'll tell you. It was... Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving actually led the Mavericks in scoring 33 points on eight, uh, 33 points of eight rebounds and four assists, while Luka Doncic had 31 points, six rebounds, and six assists. But you also got 10 points from Jaden Hardy and 11 points from Derek Jones Jr., but just not enough for the Mavericks offensively. Um, they needed more, and, and they did not get more. Uh, Grizzly shot better than them from the field, from the re and from the free throw line. Also grabbed... Um, 21 more rebounds than they did um, and even generated more assists as well. So ultimately, the Grizzlies just played inspired basketball um, in their first game after the loss of John Morant being gone for the season following shoulder surgery. So good play on them. Although it was weird, you had a curious Marcus Smart injury. Um, he took a kickout pass for a three, made the three, was doing a celebration, was just like putting his arms somewhere in toward the air, and then he noticed that his finger was dislocated. He left the game and did not return. That was one of the weirder things I've seen. Was he playing on adrenaline and didn't notice that he dislocated his finger? Did he dislocate his finger during the celebration? Like, it was so weird. I really don't have any other words for it outside of that. But I hope, obviously, that he recovers and gets well soon. Next, beat the Trailblazers 112-84. to uh, For the Knicks, OG and Obi. Doing what OG does, hitting threes, crashing boards, um, not really crashing boards, but being active. 23 points, 4 rebounds for him. 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 8 assists for Julius Randle, who's been putting together really good all-around box score basketball over the last two weeks. Isaiah Hartenstein, double-digit rebounds, 14 points. He threw in 5, or 14 rebounds, rather. He threw in 5 points as well. You had 12 points for Jalen Brunson with 7 assists. You had 13 points for Dante DiVincenzo with 4 assists or 4 rebounds. Excuse me, and then 16 points for Miles McBride, while 17 for Quentin Grimes. So all-around team effort for the Knicks. For the Blazers, I mean Jeremy Grant had 21 points um, with two rebounds. Anthony Simons 12 points, four rebounds, and three assists. And that was it. That's it for your double-digit scoring. Nine points apiece from Shaden Sharp and Chris Murray. Seven points for Duop Reith. Um, you know, it's not even enough after that to speak on it. The, the Blazers scored 84 uh, for a reason. Uh, they shot 30% from the field and 20, not a typo, 20% from three. So when you're putting up numbers like that, you're not really going to win a ton of games as the Blazers showed last night. Pistons and Kings. Pistons had jumped out to a pretty big lead over the Kings. It looked interesting. Kings came back, took control, won the game handily, 131-110. to 110. DeMontis bonus, as usual, 
nearly here messed around and got a triple-double in 38 minutes, 37 points, 10 rebounds, and 13 assists. Darren, um, Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray, sorry, 32 points and 5 rebounds for him, 26 points for Darren Fox, 20 points for Malik Monk, with 9 assists for Monk as well. That was more than enough to put away the Pistons, especially down the stretch. Pistons were led by Bojan Bogdanovich, who I will talk about in a future episode as a possible trade target, because he should be. He had 26 points to lead the way for the Pistons. You also had 22 points from Jaden Ivey, and 16 points apiece from Alec Burks and Jalen Duran. Alright, last game of the evening last night. Timberwolves whooped all over the Orlando Magic 113-92. to Timberwolves are led by Carlton Towns. Towns finished... With 28 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists, Rudy Gobert chipped in with a double-double, 21 and 12. Mike Conley had a double-double, 11 points and 10 assists. Nas Reed, 13 points and 10 rebounds. And, you know, the one guy who didn't really step up, Anthony Edwards. Only 6 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists for him, but they did not need him with the balanced scoring that they got from the other guys. For the Magic, 20 points for Jalen Suggs. Mo Wagner actually led the way with 21 points and 8 rebounds. And then you had 18 points for Paolo Bancaro and 11 points for Trevlin Queen. But that was it for the Orlando Magic, who just didn't have it. 36% from the field, 31% from three, 61% from the free throw line. It was like there was a lid on the basket, and the Magic were not able to open it in time. We'll see how they do on their next game, but this was not one to remember for them. But that was it for a brief five-game slate last night. Do have some news to hop in and out of real quick before I send y'all on y'all way. But first, I do want to let y'all know it is the 10th of January. It is the new year. You got your resolutions. You have your goals, your guidelines, the new mindset over grind set or grind set over mindset. Who really knows? But I do know is that we all want to have more energy this year. We all want to stop procrastinating and be a little more active and a little more productive during the day. And fortunately, I have the solution for y'all. It is this little elixir called Magic Mind, and let me tell y'all, y'all are going to want to check it out. It's one of those things um, I take in the morning, it's a quick little shot, I can take it anywhere with me and drink it when I need a quick energy boost, and between working full-time, three different podcasts, trying to write, I do, I do need that. Um, and Magic Mind has been so helpful, I, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's you know my best friend or anything like that, but it's been something I turn to whenever I'm tired, and it's been something that keeps my energy levels high without giving me the crash that I get from caffeine, and I love that. It's one of those things that keep me productive. I'm more focused. Um, it takes away my coffee entirely, so that's pretty good because coffee does make me super hyper and has really all-natural ingredients such as matcha, which I'm sure you know of, matcha green tea, matcha smoothies, all the things, but Matcha contains way less caffeine than coffee and also contains con- additional compounds that not only extend the benefits of caffeine by slowing your body's ability to absorb it, but also reduce stress. And these compounds, what they do is they work together to prevent the spike in cortisol levels and the crash that comes from ingesting too much caffeine. So matcha, if you think about it, is basically nature's extended release version of caffeine. And I think it is great. Um, I tell you this right now. I stand behind it because it works. It helps me. And I know if it can help me, it can help y'all. You know, um, it's one of those things where if you're a coffee addict and you're trying to cut back a little bit, you should do that. If you're someone who wants to be more productive but struggles with your memory, uh, also myself, it helps you with that because some of its amazing ingredients support memory and cognition. So I, I, I think it's something you should check out and see. It works for me. It might work for y'all, but give it a shot. And this is how I'm going to help y'all right now. I totally recommend you go check them out at magicmind.com slash January Daily NBA. One more time magicmind.com slash January daily NBA. And what that's going to do 
is give you one month for free on subscription of Magic Mind when you subscribe for three months. That's a way to get your new year started right. Now, if you put my code DAILYMBA20, it's next to 20% off, which gets you up to 75% off. But guess what, y'all? This only lasts until the end of January. So don't be coming up here, middle of February, going, Corbin, um, so what about, um, you know, that, that 25% off discount on February 3rd? Because I'm going to be like, uh, you missed it. You got to check it out right now. Month of January. It's the 10th. You got some time. Get that paycheck in. Go on www.magicmind.com slash Jan, J-A-N, Daily NBA, all one word. That gives you one month for free. And then Daily NBA 20 as my code to get an extra 20% off. One more time. Daily NBA 20 as my code. Magic Mind. Let's get the New Year started right, y'all. All right. News. We got to start with Eric Spolstra, who just signed one of the biggest, actually the richest, con- new contract in American sports history. Um, Eric Spolstra, get your money, man. Um, he has inked, been inked to an eight-year, $120 million extension. Um, which, like I said, is the biggest in American professional sports, surpassing the one signed by Monty Williams over the summer of Detroit. That was six years, $78.5 million. And what's funny about that, <laughs> I mean, in addition to the Pistons record, is the fact that Williams initially rebuffed Detroit until they gave him what at the time was a record deal. So you could say Monty Williams set the bar um, in getting coaches paid and set the bar in complete, you know, I don't know, ineffectiveness as coach once he got the helm. Um, but Spolster's going to be paid $15 million per season with this deal, um, which is up with more of the top NFL coaches in the league. Not the NBA, the top NFL coaches. And I got to give a shout-out to um, Ricky O'Donnell of SB Nation, who, put, who not only wrote a great article detailing this, but also talked about some of the coaches in the NFL who make in the same range, whether it's Pete Carroll making $15 million, Sean Payton making $18 million in that ballpark. But for Spolstra, listen, I'm not one to put a value on how much good coaching is or championships because we're talking millions, and your boy don't got millions. Your boy barely got thousands. Your boy don't got thousands. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how much I got. Point being, I don't got what Spolstra has. And... In his 16th season, he's won two NBA championships. He's made four other appearances to the NBA Finals. That's 40% in the NBA Finals over a 15-year career coming into this year. That's great. And he's been with the NBA, and with the Heat, rather, as long as I've been alive. He started as a video coordinator with the franchise in 1995, worked his way up to assistant coach, became head coach in 2008, managed the Big Three, has managed the Jimmy Butler era, managed that in-between Hassan Whiteside, Deion Waiters era. I know y'all don't really remember that. I'm kidding. I'm sure y'all do. Like, he's been through it all. Led the, the Miami Heat as an eight seed out of the Eastern Conference f- to the, all the way to the NBA Finals last season. Like, Spolstra can coach. Heat culture is a thing that has really come under his watch. You look at the development of certain players, undrafted players, role players, who become stars in their role, then go and get drastically overpaid to underperform in their other teams. Sorry, I'm not salty about Kendrick Dunn. Sorry, I'm not salty about Gabe Vincent. Um, but the point being is Eric Spolstra is the key. As, as, as big a part of the Miami Heat and their success over the last almost 30 years as Pat Riley. And I don't think that's an understatement. So, well-deserved for him in order to kind of get that financial appreciation from Miami. And now he'll be there through his 60s. He's already been there since his late 20s. He's 53 now. And now you can see him there for another decade plus. And I think that is very, very cool. Other news. Guess what, y'all? Draymond Green almost retired. We almost lost one of the greats of the game. Uh, Just a defensive presence, a monster there, somebody who has been a fiery locker room guy for his team when he's not knocking out his teammates, somebody who, you know, 
brings a passion and a zeal and a zest to the game and is a champion and a Warriors legend and an NBA great and a sure Hall of Famer despite averaging, I don't know, a 9-5-5 for his career. Like, either way, I'm giving a little bit of, of shade here, but Draymond Green is back. He had a 12-game suspension. He finally admitted it was his fault. And on the Draymond Green show, you know, he came out and said um, that he's embraced therapy Time away from the Warriors, you know, that he's ready to come back. He could still come back and play the game the way he knows how to play and be the best him to give them a chance to win. Um, you know, and he said, hey, he was going to retire, which I thought was crazy. I also don't believe a word of that. But he said that um, Adam Silver talked him out of doing that. And I thought that was interesting that he would say that because rather than just not hit people, you're like, you know, I'm going to walk away from this game that's made me great in the first year of a pretty big deal. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to read the quote. He said, I told him, Adam, this is too much for me. This is too much. It's all becoming too much for me, and I'm going to retire. And Adam said, you're making a very rash decision, and I won't let you do that. We had a long, great conversation. Very helpful to me. Very thankful to play in a league with a commissioner like Adam who's more about helping you than hurting you, helping you than punishing you. He's more about the players. Now, this is after coming from a suspension that has been 14 games. Remember, he had that incident with Yusuf Nurkic. That was the second violent act within a month. Remember, he suspended five games for grabbing Rudy Gobert and dragging him across the court in a chokehold back on November 14th. Um, so he did a month of counseling. He's been ramping up with the Warriors on Sunday for return. That should come approximately four or five days from now. And we'll see because the Warriors definitely need him. Um, they've had injuries to a bunch of players on their team. If you look at Gary Payton II, out for a while. Look at Chris Paul, out for a while. Um, John Kaminga's been on the outs. Like Moses Moody's been not even in the rotation. It's, they need the help. Um, down season for Andrew Wiggins, down season from Kavon Looney. It's been a problem. Um, and so Green's going to definitely help them, give them some stability, help them defensively. The Warriors are 17 and 19 and 11th in the Western Conference. So, yeah, they definitely need his help for sure, and we'll see where that goes and how he looks when he gets back. But definitely thought it was interesting. A, 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 a man, a legend on the cusp of retiring. Wow, what a world. Because he can't hit somebody. Crazy to me. All right, y'all. Real quick. Going to do these Colorado time, but we have a bunch of games here today. Eight games tonight, to be exact. We're going to start with 5 o'clock. Spurs play the Pistons, see if the Pistons can bounce back from a devastating loss last night. Kings will be playing the Hornets. It's always a fun game, uh, especially after they had a really good one over a week and a half ago. Timberwolves will be playing the Celtics. Best of the West versus the best of the East. I'll be tuning in for that for sure. The Wizards will be clashing with the Pacers, also at 5. Um, Pacers as they continue to navigate without Tyrese Halliburton. 5.30, the 76 will be playing the Hawks again. Um, Joel Embiid will not be playing this game. We'll see how that looks for the 76ers. While the Thunder will be doing battle with the Miami Heat. That will be a fun one. Um, 6 o'clock, the Ra Rockets and the Bulls will clash. While the Pelicans will face the Warriors. Um, and that will be a good one. And then the Nuggets and Jazz will battle at 8. Jazz have been kind of frisky, so we'll see. And to close out the evening, the Raptors on the second night of the back-to-back will be playing the Los Angeles Clippers, and we'll see how the Raptors adjust. Will they get more free throws tonight than last night? We will see. Time will tell. All right, y'all. But that'll do it here for us on the Ramble Ramble Podcast. Make sure to check me out on Twitter at CorbinMBA. Check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos online, sportsethos.com. We'll be right back at you tomorrow. We're going to make it happen. We're going to find a way to talk and get through this, talk about the games, talk about the news, do what we do here. But until next time, y'all, I am Frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and I will talk to y'all real, real soon. All right, y'all.